for cultivating progress across the South, for working to unconditionally improve the lives of all, and for the bold underwriting of every Gravy podcast, SFA thanks our visionary Louisville, Kentucky friends, Pam and Brooke Smith. Excited to listen to another episode of Gravy? We are too. Tell some friends so they join you in the feast. North Carolina's Wake County has long been a bastion of Southern immigrant community development. In addition to the rich history, numerous universities, and tech innovation that's helped to develop the area over the last century, Immigrant arrivals and subsequent community development has helped to reshape the area's culinary landscape, particularly in the dining community. I went searching for some of the cuisines immigrant communities have introduced to the Raleigh area and how those cuisines have helped redefine American suburbia. What I found was rather sweet. Gravy reporter Kayla Stewart takes us to Cary, North Carolina to explore Indian American confectionaries and confections. I'm John T. Edge. I'm Melissa Hall. Welcome to Gravy. Sweet, sweet gravy. 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 Hmm. They like, like uh, chum chum. Their one, yellow one also. We got orange chum chum. And also they like uh, rasmalai, something. That's Rakesh Sharma. He's a business owner, immigrant, and sweets enthusiast. Hailing from Punjab in northern India, Rakesh manages a place called Vashnobog in Cary, North Carolina, where baker and cook Jai Powell helps bring Matai to life. Rakesh operates Vashnobog with his business partner, Nashil Desai, whose family is from Gujarat on the western coast of India. Growing up as a child, um, it was always centered around food. Um, traditional Indian dinners uh, every day, uh, always around family and food was always the focal and centric point um, of my upbringing, uh, especially having Indian sweets known as mitais. Uh, they always had that center in our home. That's Nashil, also a sweets or mitai enthusiast. Mitai are what have come to define Vashtabag and have shaped Nashil's culinary identity. Whilst I was a child, everyone had and always centered around the sweets. And um, it was very traditional upbringing even through our different festivals, such as Diwali, which happens once a year, uh, the Indian New Year. Um, it was always centered around Indian food, traditions, and matais. Matai are Indian sweets and desserts. Found throughout the world's second most populated country, the origins of matai date back centuries. From sweet candies to fruity dumplings to milky hand desserts, Indian American immigrants have brought matai with them to the United States spreading the sweet message across restaurants and shops around the country. We wanted a place where individuals after work, uh, throughout the day, just for lunch, could come and enjoy a quick, light meal. Um, a lot of times in India, people typically go outside of work and enjoy the Indian street food and the Indian fairs that are available. And we wanted to bring that back home to North Carolina, that authentic, quick, easy food that people just want to consume and crave. And in many ways, they have. Vashnabog is a bright, modestly-sized cafe. When you walk in, you're immediately wrapped in overflowing scents of cardamom, saffron, and sweetened milk. 
Desserts are stacked high in a glass case, all so beautifully designed that it's nearly impossible to select just one. Guest, Indian and non-Indian, are chatting quietly, enjoying matai, snacks, or plates of piping hot food. It's indicative of a shop that does a lot, sure, but manages to maintain its cultural culinary integrity while also welcoming other guests who may not be as familiar with the food. And also now it's not my Indian customer. We have other like Pakistani, some like that, other uh, Arabic and also American customer, white people and they have eat too, they like the sweet, they come a lot. Matai have become a key reason as to why people visit Vashnubag. They represent another side of a remarkably diverse cuisine. Most Americans are familiar with popularized Indian American dishes like chicken tikka masala, biryani, and samosas. Matai, however, provides a unique sort of curiosity. They remind us of the significance of dairy in Indian cuisine and the centuries-long history that informs what we know as Matai today. And like desserts of any culture, they often help Indian Americans connect to childhood memories of eating the sweets during religious ceremonies or holidays. For non-immigrant eaters, Matai allows them to engage with the Indian community in a sweeter way, but also in a way that provides a different narrative about what Indian food really is. As Indian immigrants continued arriving to North Carolina, Matai was an important part of the cuisine that could offer a different perspective on the food, Hinduism and other prominent religions, and culture. Over time, as you know, the population grew, more diversity uh, was taught uh, amongst uh, the individuals within the community. It sort of changed, and that narrative has slowly started to change where more people are driving towards, you know, Indian foods, the Indian culture, and just wanting to learn more about the Hindu culture, the Indian culture, and what it's all about. When Nishil's family moved about 10 years ago to the Raleigh, Durham, Cary area, also part of what's known as the Research Triangle, they did so to be closer to people who looked like them. Like many immigrant youth, Nishil was aware of racist stereotypes and tropes that often followed brown kids like him. Moving to North Carolina, then known as a growing hub for Indian-American immigrants, proved to be an opportunity for myth-breaking and culture-building. As the narrative has changed, so too has the culinary landscape of many American cities, including the Raleigh, Morrisville, Durham, and Cary area, where Vashnobag is located. Nashil and his team have been able to offer an array of food options to the community. We now do a selection of uh, Indian food, especially from the northern region of Punjab, uh, focused on paneers, uh, sags, uh, sholes, patures, um, and also still kept our sole focus on the snack foods, such as chili paneer, chaats, uh, tea, coffees, sugarcane juice in the summers and winters. And it, it's just a meeting point for folks. And we wanted that to bring that community a lot more closer together. The Indian-American migration story to the United States, like many other immigrant stories, dates back centuries. Jana Batalova, senior policy analyst at the Migration Policy Institute, manager of the Migration Data Hub, and a fellow immigrant to the United States herself from Eastern Europe, authored an article about Indian-American immigrant experiences in the United States. She has since continued looking at immigrant groups to learn more about their history here and how they create community in the United States. I think it's important to uh, recognize that people don't show up in a, in a country like the United States out of nowhere. And if we 
think about why Indian immigrants came to the United States to, be, to begin with. They came initially to, to work in agriculture and uh, lumber industry and railroad industry in the, uh, in the 19th century. They were recruited to come uh, here. Um, like many other Asian uh, immigrants um, who work in low-skilled, uh, difficult jobs, uh, they were recruited to come here. So they, they became that first wave of, uh, of immigrants to the United States. In the early 20th century, however, the U.S. passed restrictive immigration laws, which were at odds with the nation's labor needs. In the early 20th century, uh, the United States passed uh, a series of um, legislations that restricted um, migration from Asia and very, very few Indians were able to come. Um, After the Second World War, and with the onset of the Cold War with the Soviet Union, um, a new imperative to open up uh, immigration uh, manifested, and that was the the, the goals of the foreign foreign policy uh, to establish uh, relationships with uh, countries that also recently became independent from their colonial ties. In the mid-1960s, there was a leg- legislation that removed the racial uh, origin quotas that were in place that restricted immigration from a country like India. These changes led to a new wave of immigration and a unique immigrant community. What was so unique about Indian um, migration is that um, that second wave primarily came for educational and professional opportunities. And so if we look at Indian immigrants today, um, 80% of them have at least a bachelor degree. And just to put it in perspective, if we look at all Americans, only a third of all Americans has a college degree versus 80% of all Indian immigrants. So it's a, it's a unique population in, in many respects, but, but in big part, um, it has to do with the reasons um, and the initial opportunities that they came to, to come to the United States. According to Jana, if we look at the number of immigrants from India and the United States, it stands at almost 3 million people. But if you add on top the, uh, the U.S.-born children of immigrant, uh, immigrants, the entire Indian diaspora uh, is close to 5 million people in the United States. And with that, of course, comes the desire to have um, the food that people are familiar with, um, the, the grocery stores uh, opened up, the restaurants um, opened up. Uh, to cater to that growing uh, uh, immigrant community. Cafes like Vashnabhag, named for the manifestation of the Hindu mother goddess Vashnodevi and the Hindu and Sikh word bog, which means delight and pleasure, Vashnabhag isn't your typical Indian matai shop or Indian restaurant. In addition to matai, they sell chaat, which are savory Indian snacks such as alu tiki, a thick pancake-like snack of mashed boiled potatoes, peas, and spices, dahi puri, lightly stuffed puffs, chutneys, and samosas. Rakesh comes from a Hindu family, and like many Indian restaurants that have Hindu ownership, the meals here are vegetarian. 
They serve flavorful delights like saj paneer, bindi masala, and vegetable biryani. But at the cafe's core... The mitai is the focal point. Uh, it brings family together. It brings friends together. It even mends relationships. That mitai um, has so much significance within the Indian community. Um, and that's what we want to embrace and foster throughout. After the break, we learn more about how Matai reflects the aspirations and appetites of the growing Indian community of North Carolina. Are you ready to kick off the summer grilling season? As warm weather brings gatherings outdoors, choose Lodge Cast Iron's full line of grilling products for delicious results and cookware that lasts season over season. The durable and portable kickoff grill is ready for everything from backyard barbecues and game day tailgates to camping trips and family vacations. This charcoal grill has an easy-to-use design with just two pieces of iron and no assembly required. And step up your game with a versatile and expertly crafted grilling accessories. Make delicious smash burgers seared to perfection with the burger press or transform your gas grill and infuse your favorite foods with smoky flavor using the smoker skillet. Lodge has the cast iron you need for every adventure and celebration the summer brings. Learn more at lodgecastiron.com. For Lodge's longtime support of summer cookouts and this gravy podcast, we thank them. Hi, it's Melissa. And if you're looking for another great podcast from the South, then you have to check out No Small Endeavor, produced by our friends at Great Feeling Studios and PRX. Each episode, award-winning professor and Nashville native Lee C. Camp merges the worlds of philosophy, theology, the arts, and more to ask the question, how can we live a good life while nourishing the soul? Plus, it's the only show I know that features everyone from legendary actor and filmmaker Rob Reiner to Southern activist and author Anthony Ray Hinton. So go ahead. Follow No Small Endeavor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and tell them Gravy said hey. I think in terms of thinking about cultural landscapes, an ethnoverb is is interesting because I think typically our understanding of American suburbia, uh, and it's shifting now, but for generations has been American suburbia is a sort of white-only area and it's very wonderbred and homogenous and this this concept of ethnoverbs lets us think deeper and look at our suburbs differently that's andrew ashley he's now an anthropology phd student at new york university and he's spent years exploring health challenges within indian communities as well as trends among indian american immigrants He's found that Raleigh, Cary, and Morrisville, all just a stone's throw away from one another, haven't only served as homes for Indian American immigrants, they've helped transform our idea of American communities in the South. He described the area as an ethnoburb, a term coined by former University of Connecticut professor Dr. Wei Li in 1997. Ethnoburbs are suburban neighborhoods and residential communities with a sizable population of a particular ethnic minority population. These populations can influence a city's social geography through cultural and religious communities, such as prayer houses, restaurants, and schools. I think a lot, as, as a Southerner, is sort of what it means to be Southern, and what it means when we, when we label what is Southern, what is Southern food, who is a Southerner. And I think luckily in the last 
10 years, there's been a lot more questioning of, of our old assumptions. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, the South is sort of both a geographical place and a historical cultural place and also a sort of historical imagined place. The Triangle is home to major colleges and universities, including UNC Chapel Hill, Duke, NC State, and many, many others, as well as major hospitals and tech companies. It's an ideal home for many Indian American immigrants, shifting the region's diversity and helping to redefine who the typical North Carolinian is. Personally, I, I think it's interesting to think about how much throughout history, this geographical area that we call the South has changed and how we often think of it as being inhabited by certain people. But, but there's always been um, there's always been a more diverse community than um, than we think about. The diversity has only increased as education and jobs have attracted more immigrants to the region. In April, Apple selected the Research Triangle as the new site for a $1 billion campus, bringing thousands of high-paying new jobs to the area. Uh, the, the area is, is one of the main educational hubs um, in the country and has also industries that are built around that university and research base. And, and, and naturally, it, 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 it attracts uh, people with those skills and opportunities. And the people it's attracted have brought their food and customs. More than 25,000 Indian American immigrants live in North Carolina's Research Triangle. For Nishil, who's found love and respect for the Research Triangle area, Vashnabog and the sweets they serve provide a place for both fostering Indian American community in the area and educating non-Indians about what Indian American identity really means. The conversations often happen through discussions about the menu, like explaining the meaning of their koya, sweets made from milk, examining the ingredient and process descriptions they include in their local menu, such as graham flour roasted in desi ghee with sugar to make besan burfi, and discussing the many, many ways to make and flavor lassi, a yogurt drink that has found popularity in the U.S. Vaishnabog is all about education and educating the population on about the Indian culture. And when these diverse backgrounds do come, we love to tell them what the background is on these sweets, where they've come from, the origination, the different flavors, the different ingredients that are in them. And we love to just, you know, educate people. And that's our mission. Um, and we want to spread that, you know, far, far out through North Carolina over the course. They've done this in many ways, from hosting Matai events to connecting with local university students. We're, we're quite centrally located to NC State University, which is just down the road. And with NC State having such a large Indian population and so many Asian student organizations, um, a lot of the American folks uh, of different backgrounds, white, black, African, uh, and even Asians, um, they join these organizations wanting to learn more about the Indian culture. Um, and throughout their different events and stuff they hold, they try Indian food and the Indian sweets uh, that are there. Vashnabog serves just about every Matai. During my visit, I enjoyed a milk raskula, fragrant sandish, a nutty kaju roll, and of course, the globally loved and recognized jalebi. Jalebi, the bright orange matai of deep-fried maida flour batter shaped into circles or other shapes, 
and soaked in sugar syrup, has become perhaps one of the most recognized Matai in the area, and the inspiration for the store's logo, which is the focal center point of the jalebi. When we were coming up with the idea, we wanted that jalebi to be our signature item when someone comes into our store. We've uh, come to realize that the population loves their jalebi. doesn't matter if it's raining, if it's snowing, if it's 90 degrees outside. People want fresh and hot jalebi. For Nishil, it's more than just about offering hot jalebi, though. It's about being the type of place where people can come and ask questions about jalebi and anything else. We want to be an educational hub for people. Um, You can come in and ask any silly question. We are happy to answer it for you. If you want to know what a sweet is made out of, we will tell you, we will show you, we'll even explain the origins and the the background of this sweet um, and where it's come from. As promised, the folks at Vashnabog explained to me what I was eating when I visited the shop, like the rosemary green colored cashew roll. They make no cashews only, no milk in there, cashews and sugar. Okay. And the jalebi. They make it all purple floors and put some sacred stuff in there and, and sugar strip and fry and they put sugar. Nishil helped me to understand a bit more about the essence of matai too. Sweets have their own unique ingredients. Um, it's usually based out of milk um, as the focal point in a lot of sweets and sugar. Um, and in certain matais, you've got, you know, fresh saffron that's added, crushed nuts. And, you know, the variety and the traditional ingredients that come from back home from India. In the three years since it's opened, Vashnabag appears to have pulled off two independent goals. They managed to maintain their cultural practices and be a place of comfort for the ever-growing Indian immigrant community, while also making Indian sweets, arguably lesser known than Indian lunch or dinner food, accessible to the greater Raleigh community. I think it's, I think it's a different idea as opposed to the, what we consider the Indian-American restaurants. Oftentimes, stores don't just sell sweets, uh, or don't just sell chat. They they sort of are these hybrid hybrid places that often sell sweets and chat. These hybrids found in Indian communities across America help to shine a light on the diversity of Indian matai. As as this happens everywhere with um as as food travels right or is is a certain food cultures travel to different locations, a lot of things become lumped together, right? So. In the course of thinking about Indian food in the United States, a lot of different regional cuisines all become meshed together. And I think this can happen too with with sweets. Though many items come from the northern region, a commonality across the U.S., the owners have tried to make several items available from other regions. Like Pav Bajai and Dari Puri from the western state of Maharashtra, and Dabeli from the western state of Gujarat. Though Vashnabag opened fairly recently in 2018, they're located right next to the triangle location of Patel Brothers, the largest Indian-American grocery store chain in the country, and within just a few blocks of other beloved Indian restaurants. It's a testament to just how much the Indian community, whether through grocery stores, prayer houses, or sweet shops, have become inseparable from the greater Raleigh community. It's inconceivable to imagine uh, Kerry and Morseville and Raleigh 
and Durham as as not being in the Indian community there is not being significant to the contemporary Southern food landscape. Nashil knows that to be true. Uh, in the Indian immigrant community has brought loads of contributions to this town. Restaurants have been opened, chart houses have been opened. Um, Indians have started, you know, developing uh, communities uh, within the town, within the town of, you know, Morrisville, Cary, and that in the region of the RTP, to foster a closer knit community and develop um, one's identity. For Nashil, developing Indian American identity and pride through the community, while educating customers over a piping hot jalebi or perfectly sweet rashkula, can happen at the same time. When people visit our shop, uh, we want them to embrace the Indian culture. We want them to celebrate with us as one. According to Rakesh, the sweets are the key to making that happen. If no Indian sweets is restaurant here, the all Indian food restaurant has my cities, but not sweet. So, uh, so I think about why open this store is sweet, making here fresh one. The people love that. Gravy was reported and produced by Kayla Stewart. Special thanks go to Chidi Kumar. We also thank Wendell Patrick for Gravy's theme music and Jazar for our donor music. Managing editor for Gravy and all other SFA media is Sarah Camp Milam. Mary Beth Lassiter is our publisher. Visit southernfoodways.org to learn more about the mission and work of our organization. Great writing, compelling films, intriguing stories from every corner of the South await. And while you're there, consider becoming a member or making a donation. Being a member costs a nominal amount. Being a donor costs a little more. I'm Melissa Hall. And I'm John T. Edge. Thanks for letting us pour some gravy in your ear.